Chapter 9. The Team. Welcome back for Session 9 of the Activated Team Series. In the last session, we worked to discern and articulate what our God-given, passionate gospel ambition might result in if you gave your day-to-day life for the lives of the lost. To the best of my ability, I want to help you succeed in this dream with all I have. My desperate prayer is that you'd not forget what God has done in you and for you, and that he'd use you to bring many into a love relationship with him. To see this happen, you need a team of support. You need the church to be the church, and they need you. Our objective for this session is to embrace the value of teams and how they help us practice living as true disciple makers. Team 007. Let me start by telling you about my first experience with the activated team sessions and how much it means to me. Mine may be a bit like yours has been so far. We started out with six people, calling ourselves the 007s. Nick and five women. Five courageous, passionate, God-loving women who raised their hands first and who aren't about wasting their lives. It's interesting. I've found it's often the women who go first in the church for some reason. It was awesome. After just a few sessions together, we were already wrestling through our motivations for mission, confessing how desperately we need to apply the gospel every day, testifying to what God is doing in and through us every time we met, and even in the in-between, connecting online and over the phone. We've gotten to witness one another's risks with those far from God, giving away our identities in the gospel. And we've prayed desperately together for our loved ones who don't know Jesus as Savior. And would you believe it? One of the group members even led someone to the Lord by session three. God's kingdom welcomed a new member because of this person's faithfulness. Many other conversations with people have been started. People have been prayed for on the spot. And others even joined us at church on Sundays. We've followed up with each other on our I will commitments and we've been able to tangibly bless and support each other in our unique ministry works. We've even, with joy, gone out of our way to find time to get together outside of our meetings. (laughs) Sounds like a team, right? This is how we're designed to live a life on mission as the church. I can't imagine not having a team like this. I can't imagine successfully living out my gospel ambition without a group like them. And if I might be so bold, I don't think you can either. I don't think you're designed to. This is how the church should function. This is how the church originally functioned. We're designed to need others on various levels. And in our Western, independent, I've got this kind of culture, we don't instinctively seek this out. But you need it. There's no question in my mind. And I hope you've experienced this kind of interdependence in your group already. Benefits of team. The outline for this activated team series has been developed and tested to provide you opportunities to grow with the Spirit's leadership in several ways. My team worked together with pastors and their churches to realize how we could help you go further. In our next session, I'll pull the curtain way back for you so you can clearly understand the various outcomes we've aimed at and the kinds of resources we're committed to providing you beyond this. But for now, I want to talk about what a team provides you and what you provide it. I want to make this case with five overlapping reasons. The first, 
emotional encouragement. You're going to need it. Let me remind us of a passage from session four. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 reads, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Growing is hard. Mission is challenging. Sacrifice is required. You need people to motivate you, celebrate with you, and pick you back up off your back and carry you when needed. When you're in a downpour, you need people to be your windshield wipers, clearing your view so you can drive forward. Teammates are there to encourage us and give us perspective when needed. They can serve as wiper blades, constantly pushing the rain aside so we can see which way to head. Number two, practical partnership, because you're going to need it. Whether it's someone's innovative ideas or willingness to help you in practical ways. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 points out, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. For this reason, I hope your team consists of at least three people. We need people to get in the trenches with us, to roll their sleeves up and help us reach the lost. Whether it's helping us serve someone directly or brainstorming how to, we need partners in the gospel. Jesus sent his disciples out in pairs, demonstrating the power and wisdom in a team. I can remember it was the first session our team was meeting together and I was sharing my heart for the people at my favorite coffee shop with the semi-comfy chairs and all of the conversations about the Lord I was having with them. I had started buying these people drinks whenever I was in there, which was generating a lot of new conversations, but it was taking a toll on my wallet. One of our team members jumped in and responded with, I'm going to send you a gift card with so much dang money on it so you can buy more people drinks. I was so blessed and encouraged by that sentiment. It was only session one, and she was functioning like a teammate on mission with me. I could share even more incredible stories of teams who have come around a friend or acquaintance of one of the team members, resulting in that person giving his or her life to Jesus. Disciple-making in teams alongside one another is powerful. Number three, active accountability, because you're going to need it. This is accountability to the mission so as not to drift from our gospel ambitions and our attentiveness to Christ. The enemy is a master distractor, and he distracts us with good things. Much of life is about enjoying moments that don't directly involve making disciples. We were created to enjoy God and his creation. If I come to you, however, and tell you over and over again that I'm binging on 74 hours of shows each week, please do me a favor and ask me how many spiritual conversations I've had. I've likely been distracted from enjoying the Creator and responding to His mission. Before we know it, we forget that we're on mission and readjust to thinking we're retired or on vacation or pursuing other self-focused, permissible things with no urgency for the lost. We need helpers reminding us of what's at stake 
and that we get to celebrate together when we see new disciples made. So, if we say we want to stay in the game and then allow people to help us do so, we get the joy of experiencing the fruit together. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Proverbs 27, 17. How many of us have been a part of or even led a small group experience that produced very little life change in us or the other group members, let alone launched people on mission in their community or saw new disciples made? I can't stomach being in another one of those well-meaning groups. There are reasons why those leave us feeling uninspired and produce very little fruit. I don't have time for that anymore. I have kids, so good babysitters are too hard to find and too expensive for that kind of group. I ain't got no time for that. There is a place for groups that meet with different purposes for a time, but we are on mission and we want to remain that way. It's important we talk about what kind of group or team is needed to do that. Most missiologists, people who study the mission of the church, and local church researchers agree that when a small group starts with the purpose of Bible study, community, or fellowship, they rarely get to mission. But when you start with mission as the vision or goal and are led by God's Spirit and formed by His Word, you normally get deep community fellowship. The DBS is a great example of this. Maybe you're already experiencing this. I hope you've been encouraged to invite people in your life to read the Bible with you. Likely, you didn't join your activated team so you could find someone to go fishing with, right? You joined it on the heels of your commitment to making new disciples. That's our mission. Session one was all about that. And if your group has come together in a Holy Spirit-dependent way around that regularly, I'd bet you're also experiencing a sense of deepening community with them. Number four, prayerful protection, because you're going to need it. You need people aligned with you who are praying you through the battles. You need people petitioning the Lord, interceding for you through Jesus to the Father. We have to remember how desperately dependent we are on the Spirit to lead us and empower us for mission because we're dealing with something more than flesh and blood, right? For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Ephesians 6.12 Again, I can't explain this one, but God does radical things when his people pray desperately. Don't you want radical outcomes? Not everyone is going to join you in praying for the things that you're dreaming of seeing, but your team will. And number five, gospel growth or heart sanctification, because we all need it. I'd be willing to bet that one of the things you dislike experiencing the most in relationships is when someone calls you out on your unsanctified or unholy actions or attitudes. We don't like confrontation, especially when it pokes at our pride. You might be someone who's quick to get offended at the messenger or the delivery method and completely miss the message. Why would I listen to them? They didn't say it lovingly. Or maybe you're a self-preservationist and you run away when someone calls you on your stuff because confronting your brokenness is painful or hard and all you wanted to do is complain. Maybe you'd rather live in denial, but that gets you and relationships nowhere. That's an enemy of intimacy. And not addressing our sin can keep areas of our lives locked away from the Lord. But he wants it all. 
doesn't he? Thank God he uses others who love us to help us get there. The people I'm closest to are the people who will call me out or point me to Jesus with great courage every time I need it. And they love Jesus so much that they would be offended and even feel I've withheld from them if I didn't do the same for them. We depend on each other to see in our blind spots. I think that's the design. An open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than kisses from an enemy. Proverbs 27, 5 and 6. Superficial, cowardly, non-confronting teammates aren't a thing. If that's what you want, at least don't call it Christian team. Even the non-Jesus-loving world wants more from team members than that. Let's remember, as we live from a posture of repentance, allowing our love relationship with God to grow, we effectively love others toward him. Living committed to a team that's devoted to our good and the outcome of rescuing a lost and dying world, a team that reminds you of your gospel identity and challenges you to confront your baggage and wounds and unsanctified actions and attitudes, that kind of team resources you to grow in the gospel every day and then give it away. A friend of mine always says, everything we do with others is just an excuse to know and love each other more. And I would add, that spills over into others knowing and loving Christ more. Partnered life is messy. As another good friend, teammate, and mentor of mine says, everything is a provision. Every good or bad moment we receive or create provides us and others with an opportunity for God to do something in us or through us. Are you willing to submit your whole self to a team who is in it for your good, others' joy in Christ, and God's glory? I hope you are because it's all about His glory being made known. And his design is that we do this best in community, best in a team. Now, listen, don't get overwhelmed. Some of this sounds pretty intense, especially if you've been hurt before. But you can't steer a parked car. So I'd encourage you to say yes, get moving, depend on the Lord, and he will lead you through it. I often share with people about how next to my salvation and my wife and family the greatest gift God has ever given me is my team. The refocusing team is full of broken people who need each other and help one another stay focused on Christ and the mission at hand. And we have a blast doing it. We often get comments from onlookers at trainings we host or other times when we're all together about how much we seem to enjoy each other. We're all in for one another and Christ's mission. Of course, we have our difficult moments, but we're committed to one another and the glory of Christ. And we want to give that away to you. We are here to help you navigate the forming of teams and the obstacles along the way, seriously, because we know how special and how vital it is. Now, these five reasons for teams have been framed around what you need. I also want you to recognize that these are things others need from you too. Others need you to be their teammate for the sake of the gospel of Christ. You've already experienced some of this with your activated team members. Whether you knew it or not, you were learning to function as a team. Each time you met, you were beginning to practice your way there. You've been doing this in at least 10 ways. Here they are. Listening to God's spirit and prayer together. 
reflecting on what God has done in, through, and around you. Testifying to one another. Discovering who God is in Scripture. Talking through challenging questions. Risking in obedience to the Spirit as He reveals I wills to you. Reporting on those I wills. Highlighting learnings and takeaways from each time. Petitioning God for salvation and transformation. And depending on Christ for His leadership in your life. That's a lot of ings. These rhythms of grace have been the framework for how you've met together each time. I'm sure some have been more difficult than others, but I bet they're getting easier, and I bet you've experienced their value. So, what are you going to do? The way I see it, you have at least three options. You can take a pass. You can finish session 10 and move on, or decide on another way to find support. In session 10, you'll be invited to move forward with your activated team members as an ongoing intentional team committed to the outcomes of growing in Christ and seeing new people come to follow him. And it's not just you and your group alone. You're part of a larger activated network of people who are committed to the same. They're here for you too. If you choose this option, we'll provide you with help on how to meet together going forward, continuing to practice all that you've learned so far. Also, our team will continue to be actively available to resource and support you in making new disciples. The third, you can lead a new group of people, bringing them through the Discover 80 workshops and then this activated team series, launching a new team with them. My team would love to support you in helping others discover their gospel calling, launching a new team on mission for the King. Let us know. We are here for you in every way possible. We're committed to seeing teams of people launch thrive, and reproduce new disciples of Jesus. So what do you want to do? Spend some time sitting with your journal, asking the Lord what he'd have you do. And then be prepared to come to your next activated team session, ready to discuss it with your group. Well, may you and your partners in the gospel be empowered to depend on one another even more and be blessed by the coming fruit of your partnership.